For a great cup of troll, there's one thing you should know Your morning brew can also be playful Buff boy brewing guys make the temperature rise And you surely feel naughty when you swallow our coffee If you want some real heat Give your mouth a fine treat You will want some more, rest assured Buff boy brewing, you can't get It's time for The Scribble, your weekly fix of celebrity chats, bizarre stories in the news, and basic random chatter with best-selling author and syndicated radio host, Jeremy Bradley. Make sure your seat is in the upright and locked position and your barf bag is securely in place. Here's Jeremy Bradley. Hey, everybody. Jeremy Bradley here. This is The Scribble. <laughs> This is, uh, what is this, episode 171. I don't know that I've ever opened the show like that before, so uh, mark your calendars, everybody. It's going to be a good day. Lots to talk about. You know, about a month or so ago, was it almost a month? A little over a month ago, I think. I celebrated 12 years on the radio, and uh, we earlier were taking a look at some of the pictures from previous events, and, uh, you know, we've covered red carpets, and we do these travel broadcasts, and we, we really do have a lot of fun. And, and so over the course of 12 years, obviously, you amass a lot of memories, and one of the funniest memories I have is from one of the very first red carpets I ever covered. Actually, I think it was it it was the first, I guess. I'll have to... Yeah, it was the first when I was covering Canadian Idol. And it was my very first time in a media, a press room, and also my first time enjoying an open bar. Do you see where I'm going with the story, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to tell you the rest of that coming up a little bit later in the show. And uh, yeah, let me just tell you, I'm embarrassed now. Right? I think it's it's kind of like the first time you get drunk. Or maybe when you're older and you already know better, but you get drunk anyway. Yeah. All right? Now now you see where the story's going. So it's worth sticking around for uh, either for a laugh or, or for something relatable because I think a lot of us, it's it's like an all-inclusive resort. The first night, the novelty, right? You might overdrink a little bit. You eat more than you really need to. I did that one time at a hotel at a resort where, I, you know, it was room service. It was all-inclusive. I ordered, you know, the biggest, biggest meal. And I'm like, I'm not even hungry. I don't even want it. But because I can, I will. Anyway, more about that red carpet uh, story coming up in just a little bit. And also my thoughts on David Hogg. You know, he he's the guy who is leading the gun charge or the, uh, you know... Uh, yeah, you you know who he is. You'd see him. They Yeah, you'd know him when you see his picture. Google him right now, David Hogg, H-O-G-G. Uh, my thoughts on, on him being a, a teen crusader. A teen crusader. That's the best way that I'll put it right now, just to be politically correct. Now, before we get into those stories, what is it? It's a, my notes here say, Melania, dogs listen to me. Oh, those are two different stories. I see what happened here. <laughs> Melania, dogs listen to me. There you go. Melania Trump, if you're listening right now, Dogs listen to me. Uh, no, I, these are two separate stories. Melania Trump, uh, before coming on the uh, show today, there's a, a hair in my mouth, sorry. Before coming on the air today, I was reading and, and also listening to a TV show. I don't think it was The View. I, I don't remember exactly what show it was, but obviously it was women sticking up for Melania, and they feel sorry for her. And I have a different opinion on that, and here we are. We're in this type of environment, or this type of uh, point in society where you're going to call me sexist, a misogynist, a chauvinist, whatever you want to call me, but hear me out. I don't feel sorry for Melania Trump. I really don't. I do not. And here's why. She is a grown-up. 
She is not being held hostage. She's not, you know, being held... She's not captive in the White House. She's free to leave her husband if she wants to. Right? And on the flip side of that, you know, people are saying, you know, she didn't sign up to be the first lady and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get that. But if if the speculation is true that she really only married the, Donald Trump uh, for his money or for the fame or for whatever it is, then really she should just kind of shut up and take it. And I think maybe that's what we're seeing here. Now, again, I'm not saying that the woman's place is to da-da-da-da. That's not where I'm going. Don't even try to spin it that way. What I'm saying is she's well within her rights to divorce, take the kid, uh, you know, raise the kid on her own, which, you know, seemingly people are saying that it sounds like she, you know, she's kind of doing. She's dedicated to her son. I'm not certainly not saying anything about her parenting or her mother, uh, mothering abilities. That's, you know, from what I've seen and what I've heard, she sounds like a great mom. But I, I think that it's kind of like you don't feel sorry for people like that. If, in fact, their relationship is based on money and, you know, whatever he gets out of it, having arm candy, naturally it's speculation, right? We don't really know the ins and outs of their relationship. But you kind of... Why do we have emotional... Why do we have remorse? Why do we have compassion for somebody that really was entering into an emotionless relationship anyway? Why do we have emotions about their relationship when their relationship wasn't based on emotion to begin with? Based on what we've seen in the public, okay? I can't say that we know. So it it, it does make me wonder, though, right? If she is such a strong, smart, educated, professional, eloquent woman then she's got the power to leave a man if he's not treating her right. Do you see what I'm saying here? This has nothing to do with man or woman, power trip, not power trip, you know, that the husband's a dick or that, you know. It's just like, I, I don't, we, we shouldn't feel sorry for people if they have the power to change their situation and they don't, then they must be fine with it. And I'm just going to leave it at that because... You know, again, it's like when you you know you hear celebrities complaining about you know bitching about an airline and how they feel you know, do they do that do you know who I am kind of thing and you know sometimes it works and sometimes it blows up in their face Reese Witherspoon but like you know we do, we don't feel sorry for people that lead a privileged life and have the money the status the power to 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 get what they want. And I just, I, I don't have sympathy for Melania. I really don't. I have I have no remorse. Um, whether or not they she got into a relationship based on money or, or whatever it was, you know, you kind of, you made your bed now lie in it is what they say, right? And it's a separate bed from what we understand uh, <laughs> with the president. But, you know, I, I don't. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a guy. I would be saying that about him as well if... if if she was the breadwinner and he was kind of the tag along, you know, and he was the arm, he was the really, really hot guy and she was kind of, you know, troll-esque, I would say the same thing, you know, like you're, you're grownups, you're able to make decisions, you know, you're not, you're not forced into staying in that lifestyle. So I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Send me an email live at jbonair.com, live at jbonair.com. My thoughts about David Hogg and my recapping of an experience on the first red carpet right here on The Scribble after this. Who are the Kardashians feuding with now? What did that little thug Justin Bieber do this time? Who's getting hitched? And who's headed for Splitsville? Hear the latest celebrity news and gossip every day on Entertainment Wrap-Up.
The good, the bad, the ugly, but mostly the ridiculously hilarious. It's all recapped in this daily segment at entertainmentwrapup.com. Have a laugh at the expense of the rich and famous when they take themselves way too seriously. It's three minutes of time-wasting fun at entertainmentwrapup.com. Check out Entertainment Wrap-Up at entertainmentwrapup.com. Brought to you by Speak Free Books. Ever had something to get off your chest but never had the balls to say it? That's a load of crap. SpeakFreeWithJB.com is exactly what you've been waiting for. Your chance to tell it like it is and not care what anybody else thinks. Have your say on issues of the day. Join newspaper and radio columnist Jeremy Bradley as he tells it like it is. Hundreds of thousands of people have stopped by, including some well-known celebrities who have had a chat with JB and speak candidly about what's really going on in the world. You can join them, too. Have a rant or a rave. Be brave and head on over to www.speakfreewithjb.com now. It's never too early to start thinking about your next holiday. Have you checked out Mexico recently? From tequila tasting, swimming with horses, to ziplining through the jungle, and watching whales and dolphins in their natural habitat, Puerto Vallarta has it all. Visit Mexico.jbonair.com to see all the fun PV has to offer. That's at Mexico.jbonair.com for hundreds of photos, interviews, and videos from around the tourist hotspot. Check out Mexico.jbonair.com for all the fun. That's Mexico.jbonair.com. Jeremy Bradley here back on The Scribble. And again, thanks for tuning in at thescribbleshow.com and on SoundCloud and iTunes. I want to talk just quickly about this mob mentality thing that happens now. We saw it with, well, I mean, we saw it with everybody, right? Laura Ingraham, or Ingram, depending on how you say her name, I say Ingraham. Uh, David Hogg, you know, he's the he's that pissed-off teenager. The, I guess he's 17 years old now. Uh, the Parkland uh, student who, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this by saying... Those kids have gone through some crazy stuff that I can't imagine having to deal with, so I'm certainly not criticizing or, or you know, saying anything about his emotional, you know, stability, instability, what have you, because, again, maybe they're going to be messed up in the head for a while, and I'm not insulting them, because, right? Like, it's it's a traumatic experience, so I can't say what the deal is. All I can, I can make observations and I can tell you what I think, right? And I'm allowed to do that. One, because I'm Canadian, so I'm free to say whatever I want. I don't care about getting in trouble. Now, now here's the deal. I'm wondering, you know, this David Hogg guy, if you don't know who he is, he's, he's the guy that just looks pissed off about everything. So he was on this crusade to have Laura Ingram's uh, Fox News advertisers flee basically you know bail on her show he seemingly why else would you do that right he he tweeted to all these to all of his followers 600,000 or so and basically encouraged them to you know reach out to the advertisers and the advertisers start bailing and what have you like what other reason is there there than destroying her show right ending her career or or ruining ruining her livelihood and so i think and i've I've watched a bunch of youtube clips of people commentating and i've read a bunch of columns and people are calling him a bully but going back to the beginning as i was saying this mob mentality thing that just because we don't like what somebody's saying and and basically the reason he went after her if you haven't already heard this story from however long ago is that he was rejected by four universities or colleges, and she said that he was whining, quote-unquote, whining about it. 
and, you know, kind of mocked him a little bit. And the advertisers are basically saying, you know, well, we're not going to support, you know, an adult taking on a teenager like that. But here's the deal. And again, I'm not sticking up for either side. I'm just giving different thoughts here. If he's 17, but he is so mature and he's this leading force and he's got his fist in the air all the time and he's leading the crusade, then he's really not acting like a teenager. Age, as they say, is just a number in that case. If he's big enough to run with the big dogs and tell off the NRA people and confront politicians and all that other stuff, then he should be able to handle a little bit of criticism from an adult, don't you think? Now, I'm not justifying what she did. I'm not saying what she did was okay. But what I'm getting at here is if you you want to run with the big dogs, big boy, then you kind of also have to, you know, take what's given to you. It's no different than anybody who's in the public eye. Here's the, you know, I have a video column in the Winnipeg Free Press called Winnipeg Cheapskate about my best-selling book, The Official Guide to Me, Winnipeg Cheapskate, just a little plug there. And I would see what people would tweet. You know, I, somebody posted a screenshot from the video and said, oh, the kind of face you want to punch or something like that. Well, I, I get that that's what you're subjected to. You're just, I'm not saying that it's fair either and, or that people are right to do that. But again, you just have to deal with it, right? Anybody in the public eye. Anybody in the public eye is going to have to encounter this at some point, unless you're, you know, you're completely loved by everybody, which is hard to believe nowadays. And so I just, I, I find it really weird that, you know, just because somebody offended you, you all of a sudden go for the jugular, you rally the troops, and then you try to destroy them. It's very, it's very interesting considering, now going back to this instance of David Hogg, somebody who's trying to unite the country and basically say it's not left, it's not right. And again, I don't, I still don't even understand what left and right and all that stuff means. I know Democrat and Republican. That's really all I know. I don't. I don't get it. Nevertheless, you know, this is somebody who's purporting to want to unite people, but then he's looking to have others destroyed. So, I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Send me an email live at jbonair.com. And again, if you disagree with me or what I've said, shove it. Because here's the deal: we're entitled to our opinions. I can express it. I'm not name calling. I'm not. I'm not saying you're a bully. I'm saying some people are saying it's a bully tactic. You know, but I've given both sides. I've said that he's mature and he's going to be leading the crusade and he's gone through a lot and he's having to deal with things. And just as, you know, Laura has gone and said things, again, not that they're right or wrong, but, you know, it's it's just one of those situations where is this somebody who's flexing the muscle? And I wrote a newspaper column about it quite a while back saying that, you know, for a teenager now who's just kind of starting to hear his voice and uh, and realizes that he has influence on people, that this could come back to bite him then if he you know if he comes out swinging at everyone and everything that's going to work out in, or not it's going to work against him and here's why i can tell you that is because i was that shit disturbing teenager i was him if i didn't get my way or if i thought that such and such company was screwing me over because they didn't ship my product on time or they didn't refund my credit card fast enough or whatever I was going for the jugular. And you know what? Sometimes you get your way, but sometimes you get a smackdown and a reality check and you realize, hey, I'm not as big as I thought I was. And so that's all I'm saying. Great that he has the courage, again, at 17 years old to be so well-spoken and, and, you know, fighting for what he believes in. I applaud that. That's awesome. But at the same time, big boy, you know, you can't have a hissy fit when somebody criticizes you and then you go for their jugular and try to destroy their career. It might work one or two times, but as I've already read online, public opinion is kind of starting to not be in his favor just 
based on on what he's done. So again, love to know your thoughts on this. Send me an email live at jbonair.com. Isn't it crazy that you wait for payday, but before you know it, you're strapped for cash again. It's time to stop blowing your money and become a smart spender with the book, The Official Guide to Being an American Cheapskate at CheapskateBook.com. Learn simple ways to cut costs at home every day and during special times of the year. Don't go broke at Christmas. Don't remortgage the house for a fancy vacation. The book is filled with tips to save you money throughout the year. Check out the best-selling book, The Official Guide to Being an American Cheapskate at CheapskateBook.com or on Amazon and iTunes. Jeremy Bradley here back on The Scribble at thescribbleshow.com and on SoundCloud and iTunes. Let's talk about drinking for a second because, you know, we all do it at work, don't we? That's actually the one great thing about being in radio or broadcasting, whichever you want to, mostly radio, is the booze. Because, here's the deal, you probably don't get to drink in your office unless there's maybe a special occasion or something like that, right? Well, in entertainment, it's almost expected. Now, I'm not speaking for all you know, like newspaper newsrooms and TV, like local news, things like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about actual entertainment type shows. So for instance, the the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, that show was notorious for giving celebs a little bit of booze before going on and doing the interview. So it makes for a more lively segment, right? Some of the other late night shows do it as well. And they might even just have it in the green room for you to pour a drink for yourself. It's not like they're pouring it down your throat. And it's no different than when we go and we cover red carpets for uh, TV show finales, so like The Voice or America's Got Talent, any of those, well, depending on the network, they have a food spread for you, and during the finale, there is often quite a bit of booze. That's all I'm going to say. And and then award shows as well. Uh, again, depending on what it is, you might have actually nothing at all. You might have literally nothing. Not even like a water cooler or water fountain. Nothing. The chintziest, aside from that, that I've ever gone to was uh, juice boxes and muffins. Now, again, you're not there to to eat and drink anyway, right? To get bleep-faced. Can I say shit-faced on the show? Why not? Let's do that. So that's not the purpose of you going there. It's just a nicety for them to give you those, you know, treats and things. And so, depending on what it is, they might also think that if they get you loosened up a little bit, they could get better press coverage, right? So it's kind of, it's a treat. I heard when I first started in uh, communication school, when I was going through journalism and advertising and PR and all that stuff, is that if you want the media to come out to an event, you feed them. And and true enough, you know, those are the, the events that you remember the best because they had a good food spread or a good beverage spread. The very first time that I ever went to a red carpet was Canadian Idol in Toronto. And I write about this, by the way, in my book called Multiple Sarcasm. You can get it at multiplesarcasm.com and on Amazon and iTunes. But I had never been to one of these things before, so it was all new to me. And I went to the media room. That was cool enough, too, because, again, here I am in Toronto. I'm a guy from Winnipeg, and I was just starting out. I was working in my parents' basement. That's that's the extent of what my office was. And here I was, CTV, the big TV network in Canada that ran Canadian Idol, was, like, welcoming me. Yeah, sure, come on. And here I am, I'm I'm big time now in Toronto, right? And then I get there and I check in and I go into the media room and I get my little media pass and all this other stuff. Now, the local reporters in Toronto all knew each other. So they had this rapport and here I am, this outsider. And I kind of played it up because I was like, oh yeah, I'm from Winnipeg. Uh, yeah, I was flown in for this uh, from Winnipeg, making it seem like I was from this big company. But meanwhile, it wasn't. I was just, it actually cost me a fortune because I decided to go... I decided to go Hollywood in Toronto, where 
I got you know, a chauffeur-driven car. I stayed at a hotel that wasn't actually even in the city. It was on the outskirts, which I didn't realize at the time. But I also spent, it was like two or $300 a night on this hotel. Now, again, it was... It was a big deal for me because here I was. Now, Canadian Idol wasn't a huge success like American Idol was back in the day, but it was still a major television event in the summer uh, for Canada. So so I had spent, with the return flights and then the hotel and then the chauffeur-driven car, and I'm pretty sure I probably ordered room service just because, right? Because you're, just, you're, you're in the moment. And yeah, did I end up making money out of the whole deal? Probably not. It cost me a, a lot, probably close to a thousand dollars to cover it. And I didn't make that nearly that much uh, from it. And so I go and I, I check in and I'm sitting there and I'm introducing myself to the reporters and they're kind of looking like, oh my God, he's from Winnipeg. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Like he was flown in for this. Wow. What a gig. And I totally played it up. And then they said, well, you know, go get a drink from the bar. And sure as hell, there was actually a bartender and, and it was upstairs and a couple kind of in a side room and then there was just tables and tables of like a food spread and I thought wow this is pretty cool like we got a whole like fruit and veggie platter and sandwiches and cookies and everything and then a bartender any drink you want you just go up there and he's gonna make it for you and I overdid it I overdid it I had too much to drink because it was like a novelty you know like the first night when you go to an all-inclusive resort and you kind of overdo it because the booze is there and you can have as much as you want you don't have to pay for it well that's the mentality that I had and I'm not sure, because people didn't know me, I'm not sure if they knew that I was drunk or not. Like, when I when I drink, I'm more just friendly. I'm a little bit more over the top that way. I'm not loud and obnoxious. I'm not, and if anything, the funny thing is, is that I didn't even ask a question during the press conference. Like, I sat there in the front row with my little mini tape recorder, pretending like I was writing notes. I swear to you, that was total acting. I didn't really do anything. And... I just, I drank and drank. I dropped my camera and I broke my camera, uh, which I kind of played it off like it didn't happen. Like I didn't break it, but I was just pretending to take pictures after. And I had too much to drink. And so when I think about it back now, which it was not even 10 years ago, or was it? It was about eight years ago. Like, uh, I don't know. Anyway, I really don't even remember getting back to my hotel room. Like, when you think about it, when you're in Toronto by yourself, any big city, Toronto, Los Angeles, New York, whatever, and you don't know the area and you're kind of sitting there going, how did I get back to the hotel? That's kind of dangerous and scary. Did, how, I called my driver, right? Like he got me to the hotel. I, I'm okay. Everything's fine. It was really, it was really awkward. And I didn't do anything bad. Like I didn't make a fool of myself because they had me back, you know, the next year. And then I, I think I did it for three years and then Canadian Idol was canceled. But, but certainly it was an embarrassment uh, to myself when I think back about it. Now, the people there, the reporters that were there probably don't remember me, uh, thankfully. But uh, yeah, it was just strange. And then just when, again, you think that you've learned your lesson from the first time, then you get to a bigger event, like in New York City, a red carpet event, the TV Land Awards. It was 2011. My God, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the event and when it was, because I had that picture of me in front of the TV Land Award backdrop for about a good four years as my uh, Facebook profile page or picture. And again, this is one of those things where here I am at a, you know, a, fairly, a fairly big event when you consider Canadian Idol, right? 
And so I was just starting to make it big in the United States in term make it big meaning with TV networks and uh, and I'm a somebody to them because I was getting interviews and I was getting invitations to these events. And they really some of these events they only let in 10, 15, 30 people. And so when you think about how many outlets there are in the United States, for me to be in Canada, I have, I have a fairly large American radio audience. But I was still invited and, you know, I, I go to these events. So here I am in the hotel room the morning of the TV Land Awards and I'm ironing my shirt. I'd never ironed before, like ever, ever. Didn't even know how to use an iron or what to do with it. I burnt one of the buttons on my shirt that I was going to wear. And then I was into the Malibu and orange juice and I was taking pictures of me ironing and... Then I'm looking at the time and it was like one o'clock in the afternoon only and I was starting to get my buzz on. Now, you know how after you've had a couple of drinks, you have about that hour, for me it's an hour, where you you stop drinking but now, now it's starting to hit you. Now you're kind of feeling it. So for me, that time period was from the time I left the hotel to the time I got to the event. Now, I was drunk on the red carpet at the TV Land Awards. I will admit it. And... I, I can't bring myself to listen to the interviews from the red carpet because we had everybody. We had Michael J. Fox. We had Regis Philbin. We had the uh, cast of Family Ties. We had uh, some Cosby Show people. We had quite a few legendary actors uh, or legendary TV stars anyway. And I can't bring myself to listen to those interviews now. Again, I didn't do anything foolish. Like in the moment, I knew what I was doing. Like I was introducing our show. I was, I was there. I was in the moment. But what brought it up to another level was I was not only just covering the red carpet and the reporters were going into a media room where they were having sandwiches and, and you know, some kind of cheap refreshments. But I, because I flirted my way into it, I got a ticket into the actual award show. And so to me, there was a bit of excitement there as well going, oh my God, I'm actually going into this event. Like when you watch these things on TV and you see them sitting at the round tables with all the wine and the food and everything, I was going to that first time it ever happened. So I was excited. I drank too much. And then we had even more bottles of wine on the table during it. And I'm sitting there with an MTV executive, somebody from CNN, somebody from Viacom, like the big uh, owner of the, the network. And I, I don't know, like I was the life of the party. Everybody knew that I was from Canada. They knew about me. They knew kind of what my deal was. And I had everybody laughing. I was dancing because Hall and Oates was performing during it. And I was dancing with so-and-so's mother-in-law at the other table. And we just had a good time. And a couple of the reporters from CNN and other places, the gals were going out to a bar after. And I was like, you know what? No, I've got to get back. I've got to finish this show. I've got to compile this. And I don't remember how I got back to my hotel. I swear to you. Don't remember how I got back to my hotel. But when I am drinking i'm able to kind of reconcile what i did so when i wake up the next morning if i at home i go and say okay well the house alarm was set so i i was good okay the doors were locked okay the lights were off the tv was off the rabbits were fed all right it was all good but when i was away what's my gauge well my gauge is i got back to the hotel my door was locked and then the chain or whatever was across i ended up going into the bath and i fell asleep in the bathtub and i remember in and out, I remember emptying the tub when it got cold and filling it up again. I slept in the bathtub. When I woke up the next morning, I hadn't filed my reports. I hadn't done my radio show. I hadn't called in for my entertainment hits like I was supposed to with local stations. And people were in a panic because my phone was in the other room. It wasn't near me. When I finally came to and left the bathroom, I didn't even know what time it was. It was daytime and I was like, oh my God. And I was hungover. And it was, it was just bad. It was bad. And... 
from that point on, I kind of figured it. Then I was kind of like, all right, you know what? You got to ease up on this. And I have. And so when I get back to the hotel after I've filed the reports or done whatever editing I might need to do or voice whatever segments, that was that's when I will have some drinks and I will go. But it's, yeah, it's incredibly awkward when you're in a different city. And sometimes if you're by yourself or you have too much drink and it's like, how did I get home? But I did. But how? How did I do it? So... I have some work drinking stories for you. And I just and the reason why I just launched into this 11-minute rant is because I was actually going to tell you what I'm drinking right now. I took it another uh, way, though. I'm used to mixing a drink, and that is to put vodka and orange juice in a glass, and there you go. Or rum and Coke, and there you go. So I was at the liquor store the other day, and they have these, like, freezer slush kind of things in the summertime, and I, I get those. But there was something that was saying to me, get something kind of like fruity or fizzy or whatever. I was just, it was a hot day. I was in one of those moods that I just wanted something fruity. And so the gal at the, at the store shows me these like Snapple drinks or there's like a cream soda, a hard cream soda. And I was just like, okay, these sound gross. There was a root beer one, which I tried. I didn't like it. But there was like a, a sna- I don't, was it Snapple? I think it was like a, a cranberry or a cherry iced tea or some kind of boozy drink. And it was really good. And then there was this cream soda one, which I kind of like cream. Some days I like cream soda. Some days I don't. Not that I have it all the time. But I tried this cream soda drink and it, I had a, quite a bit of ice in it or chopped up ice. And it was quite it was quite good. I was surprised by it. And now I've started to discover through talking to people about this. They're like, yeah, there's a ton of those kinds of drinks now. There's like, you know, uh, red, not Red Bull, but Rockstar and, and all these other things. And I, I, I'm sheltered, you know, I'm, I'm mid thirties now and I like my, just get me a glass of wine or some vodka orange. I'm good. That is what I'll have to drink. If I'm feeling really daring and somebody else is making it, I'll have a margarita because I don't have all the ingredients at home. So I don't bother. If I have orange juice and and vodka, that's how I mix a drink. Same thing with cooking. I put two ingredients and that's it. But yeah, what do you, do you like any of these drinks? Because I was talking with my friend Barry who lives uh, shout out to our friends in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Barry's tried a whole bunch of them and doesn't like them. And again, he prefers just kind of a, a mixed drink, and, and that's the kind of cocktail that he has. Send me an email, live at jbonair.com. I can't believe I just told you about getting drunk at all these events. But again, they are in my book. It's called Multiple Sarcasm. Check it out on Amazon, iTunes, and multiplesarcasm.com. We're back right after this. We hear you chirping. Get scribbling. Tweet up the scribble at the Scribble Show. Join the discussion with Jeremy Bradley. It's all going down right now on Twitter at The Scribble Show and at thescribbleshow.com. JB here on The Scribble. You know, we're out of time. Uh, at the top of the show, I mentioned I would tell you that story, Dogs Listen to Me. We don't have time. I'll have to tell you next time. Feel free to give me a shout live at jbonair.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Want more Scribble? Check out thescribbleshow.com for past shows, celebrity interviews, cheapskate tips, and more. That's at thescribbleshow.com and on Twitter at The Scribble Show. The Scribble is a speak-free media presentation. If you want some real heat, give your mind.